Erevin daf nun gimel stein two lines to the bottom of nun beis on beis by the mishnah by the new parak ketsam abnus aram bias nicholas bias yaitze pigum nicholas pigum yaitze hayisham kedudias kavoyis asar tvachim. So we have a lot of different cases in the mishnah, but the basic concern is, as we know, tchum shabbos is two thousand amos from the city limits. And the gemara question is, when you want to measure tchum, how do you extend the boundary of the city and get a larger tchum area? So if you had, for example, a house by the edge of the city by the wall, but that wall of the city has a house by it, and that outer wall of the house protrudes further from the wall of the city or by there's one that comes in that's recessed within the city or you have a type of a tower that's recessed or protruding from the city wall and therefore they're not the same depth they're uneven or we have a case of ruins by the corner or the edges of the city where they are therefore they're considered walls and they look like they're part of the city and we turn to or there's a bridge and that bridge was used for a toll collector like Taisa says and there was actually a shimer inside the bridge. is referring to a tomb, which you have a building around a kever, and that was actually used by a shimer to protect that area, and that was done as a covered. The way you measure the city is not by going in and out and saying you have an uneven tomb of 2,000 amas, but you square out that area, and you say, since this outer house, or this tower or this gesher or nefashis or the tomb building was actually further away from this piece. Therefore, that becomes the edge of the town. You make a straight line from that point and you make the Tchum Shabbos as a square. So basically, the mission is saying, even though the city is not square and has different protrusions, different areas where it ends off at different points, but we make a line that marks the end of the city and we make that as a straight line. And therefore, the Tchum Shabbos, the 2,000 Amis from the edge of the city will actually be in a straight line. We start to come when our Mishnah says, there's machlays between Rav and Shmuel. One says that we have a Gersa with an Ay in Ma'abrim, and one says Ma'abrim with an Aleph. Ma'abrim Ma'abrim, according to Ma'abrim, it says Ma'abrim with an Aleph. Eva Eva, it's referring to limbs, that each limb goes a different direction, a different size, and therefore we straighten out. Ma'abrim, Ke'isha Ubra, the Lashon of Eber, is like an expectant woman that's pregnant, and therefore she protrudes out. The Gemara continues with similar machlays between Rav and Shmuel. Ma'aris Machpelah, when we have the double cave, Rav and they were two houses, one was inside the other. One says, It was a house with another story on top of it. So the Gemara says, A double house is something which has a roof or an attic on top of it. If there are two houses just right next to each other, why do you call it a double house? The Gemara says, Because there were double zugas in it. Means, like the Gemara will explain in a moment, that there were four peers of couples that were within the and we could continue. Mamre Kiris Abba. Also, when the pasuk says Mamre Kiris Abba, the area where the Maris Rachpelo is in Kiris Abba Zugis, the city of four peers of couples: Adam, Vchava, Avram, Vesara, Yitzchak, Rivka, Yaakov, Leah. By Avram Avinu, it says in the time of Amraphel, Rabbi Shmuel, Chalam, and Nimrich. One says his actual name was Nimrich. Why was he called Amraphel? Shama, because he said Vehipel Avram Avinu Kivshesh, and he commanded Avram. Should be thrown into the Kivshan Aish. That's Oma Paul. The Chad Oma, Amrafel Shma, his real name was Amrafel. Nimrod, why was he called Nimrod? Shehimidus Kalam Kuli, Allah Bamachusei. Because Nimrod led a rebellion of the entire universe, the entire world, against Hakash Baruch, the Lushan of Allah Bamachusei, even though it means against him, it's Lushan Saginar, not talking about Hakash Baruch, but of course it's talking about Hakash Baruch. A new king got up 
in Mitzrayim and made new Xeris on Klai Yisrael, Rav Shmuel Chalam and Chodesh One says it was talking about a brand new king. It wasn't the original pirate that knew Yosef, the Chalam and Shesh Chachuk It was the same pirate, but he made new Xeris. And Gemara says, Madam Chodesh Mam and Chodesh. It says he was a new king. Madam Shesh Chachuk That he says that it's not referring to a new king, but a, the same king, and he made new Xeris because Melikse Vayamas Vayimloch. It doesn't say that this pirate died and a new one came and took over the reign, and therefore it must be that it was the same king. Dr. Marl, if all it was is that he made new Xeris, how can you say that? It says that he doesn't know Yosef, he didn't know Yosef, it's Mashba, that he was a different pirate. He made himself as if he doesn't remember Yosef, even though Yosef did all these great things for Mitzrayim, he forgot him very quickly. There were 18 days that I learned and I stayed with Rabbi Yeshi, the great one. Rav says he was Adam Gadol B'dayu. But like the Matim Men of Rav Echad Mishnah Seinu, and I only learned one thing from him in our Mishnah. The Gemara says, and what did he learn? Kates are Ma'abin's Arum. When it said the Loshin in our Mishnah, Ma'abin's Arum Ba'alaf, we have the Gersa with the Alf. So after Ma'ani, how can you say that that's all he learned from Rav Echad? You'd be Talmidim Hayla Rav Eishia Bribi. There were twelve Talmidim to Rav Eishia Bribi. V'yud Chasiyam Gadol B'dayu. And there were twelve days I was learning and I was with them and I lived with them. But the Matim Leiv Kolech Echad, I was able to understand the heart of each one of them. Like Rash says, Kamayim. How I understood, I recognized the difference between the Kharifas between each other. And also the wisdom, and he knew so much. So you see how much he understood. The Gemara answers, no, of the Talmudim, he understood many different things. But Gemara like Gama, but he only learned one thing from Rabbi Isha Baribi. From his Talmudim, he learned many things, but from Rabbi directly, he only learned one thing. Of course, he learned many things from Rabbi What he only learned was one thing in our Mishnah. Another thing Rabbi when we learned Torah by Rabbi we were so tightly packed in in order to listen to the drushes of our Rebbe that we had four people within Rabbi Amma. Rabbi when we learned Torah by Rabbi we packed in so tightly that we were six people in every Abba Rashi in his door and Kramea just like Kramea in his door just like Kramea in his door we saw before the whole story that they couldn't understand Kramea in his ideas and his learning it was very hard for him to understand things and maybe that's actually Pshat Rabbi said I went there I only learned one thing because it was very hard to understand the Shia. The hearts of the Rishonim, the minds and the capacity of the earlier generations was like the Pesach of Ulam, which is 20 amas wide. But the latter generations was like the Pesach of Hegel, which was only 10 amas wide. But we are with the size of the eye of a needle used to mend a rip in a delicate bag, which is very thin. Rishonim, who was referring to Rabbi Kiva, the later generation of Lesben Shemura. Some say Rishonim and Rabbi Yechon said, "And we are like the size of the eye of a needle used to mend a rip in clothing." Abayu said, "Who's later?" Rabbi Yechon said, "Banan." And we are kisichsa begudo legemara that we're like a peg that's forced into wall, which is hard to push in. That's when we're learning gemara. Amar says, "Banan," and we are kietzbasa bekira lesvara. But the gay understanding things, we are like a finger that's pressing into hard wax. The Rashi says it doesn't leave even a small indentation. 
Rashi, Anan kids possible be Lishikha, but again forgetting we so easy to forget, we're like just a finger that goes very easily into a pit. It's a very wide opening and you can put your finger in there. That's how easy it is to forget things. The people in Yehuda and Eretz Yisrael, that they were very refined in the way they spoke. Therefore, the Torah was mukuyim in their hands. They understood Torah and they kept the Torah. But the people in Gaul that were not makpin on their lashon, they spoke very coarsely. Therefore, they weren't able to retain the Torah in their hands. Is it really totally in Kpeda that it depends how you makpin on your lashon in order to retain Torah? Ellen Gemara explains B'nai Yehuda the daikal lishon mistakul simana neskaim teras biyadon b'nai Gaul glay daikal lishon mistakul simana glay neskaim teras biyadon by B'nai Yehuda like Rashi points out they would be mechaza ba'isel lashon sheyishem rab and they would chaza over and over exactly the way the Rebbe gave over their words by day sheyishem al pishmua achashmua hay nice ben simazu achazu they made very good simanim to understand and remember what the Rebbe said umetkoychach sheyibadakim lashon yoydin laniach simanim non be'enim mishtakim and therefore they didn't forget anything but the B'nai Gaul weren't as careful to remember exactly the words of Rabbi and they therefore didn't make any simanim therefore they weren't able to remember and retain the Torah the Gemara continues another pshat is that the people in Yehuda learned from only one Rebbe and therefore they knew exactly what the Rebbe said so the Torah was the sky and they didn't forget but they go however the people in Gaul didn't learn only from one Rebbe Rashi says even though they learned the same thing but since they had different versions of the words that they said therefore it was much harder to remember and therefore it wasn't retained Ravina Ravina says because that they revealed their mesechtas, they actually learn with people like Rashi says, or he says, that they learned it very well and they would try to understand exactly the time and the svaris and everything. Therefore, the Skyvitaras will be Adam. However, they didn't have these two great things of teaching others and going into something and delving into something in order to understand it better. They had shikha by the people in Gaul. David actually gave over and taught things and learned with his people like we know that David was the person who Rashi says and brings down from the Masechus Brachas Shal Yegei B'tayr Umayr HaRais K'da'am HaYadim Al-Chachas B'dam V'Shvir V'Shilya V'Aim V'Baishis Rebbe Yafadanti Yavazchisi etc. And we know in my Katan also he says about how much Torah he was able to give over to Klai Yisrael and how he delved into and understood the Gemaris and the Svaris in what he was learning but Shal Loi Gala Masechta Shal didn't elucidate the Gemaris and therefore David the Gala Masechta Ksibay by David since he did this therefore it says in the Pasuk the ones who fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu shall see David and they will actually rejoice with David because we'll know that David's halachas are all correct but by Shal because he was it says by him wherever Shal would turn he would actually be doing something wrong and as Rashi says that he wasn't to paskin properly and we continue how do you know that Kosh Baruch Hu eventually was Michael Shal on the oven that he killed out the Anoiv Erechoyinim? Shnemet says the pasuk Macha Atu Venacha Imi that we learned by the Maisa with Shal and the witch they went to bring Shmuel. Shmuel told him tomorrow you and your children after the war with the Plishtim will be with me. What does it mean? You'll be with Shmuel. Even Mechitzasi, you'll be with me in my Mechitza because you had a complete Mechila and you'll be able to get into Gan Edom. Amar Baba Iikadim Mashalu Bnei Yehuda Daikin Lishna Ma'abim Tnan if someone wants to go ask the people in Yehuda who are very like we said before does our Mishnah say with an Aleph or with an Ayin and also there's a Mishnah in Bukharis that use the Lashon of Akuzah is that with an Aleph or an Ayin 
Suddenly they will know what the response is. Shalinu, and therefore they went to ask them. For Amule, and they told them back. Even though that they have one with an aleph, one with an ayin, but there's a misery for both ways, and not one is more correct than the other. The people in Yehuda who Mai, what does it mean that they were medayglishna? The who by Yehuda there was a person from Yehuda, the Amalu, that he would tell people talus yeshlulimka that I have a talus to sell. Amalu, so people said to him, my gavin talischa, what is the color of your talus that you want to sell? Amalu, he said back to them ketadon aliyadama. He was very careful in his response, and he gave them an exact description of the color, like beets that are on the ground. But they go like daiklishna mai. What does it mean that the people in Gaul were not careful with their words? Give me an example. There was a person from the Galil that he went and he was trying to sell something and he said, Amalaman, Amalaman, who has an ama, who has an ama. But it wasn't clear what he meant because his speech wasn't clear. Amalade said to him, You're a person from Galil who's a shaita. Do you want to buy a chamar to ride on? A donkey? Or you're talking about wine that you want to drink? Are you referring to wool that you want to wear like a coat? Or are you referring to a sheep that you want to go and slaughter the Lashon of Shechita. So there's so many different ways to say it because you weren't clear. You said the Lashon Amar which sounds like Chamar and it also sounds like Amar of wool and also sounds like Ime. And therefore since you weren't clear we won't even know what you're talking about. There was a woman that wanted to say to her friend they come and I'll give you some fatty which was a good thing. But of course she was from Gaul so therefore she wasn't clear in the words and she said which means nothing but may a lion eat you. And they explain, Shleichti is almost like the Lashem, a Shleichti, my good friend. And then the words of Tayyid when she meant to say, come, they'll give you and I'll feed you something. She said Tayyid which means I will eat you. And instead of saying the word Chalbar, it sounded like Lavya, that a lion should come and eat you, which was actually a curse. There was also a woman that came in front of a judge and she wanted to say that there was a theft, that someone stole a very large tablet from her and she couldn't say it. It wasn't proper. She didn't know how to speak. So Amalei, what she actually said to this judge, Mari Kiri, my master who's my slave, Tafla Havisli, I had a beam, the Ganvachmin, and they stole you from me, Uchadu Havis, and now it was the Kachadulachalai, that when they hang you on it, your feet do not reach the ground. And because she was from the Galil and she didn't speak clearly, therefore it came out that she said something negative to the judge instead of actually telling him exactly what happened, that something was stolen from her. Amsud Bey Rebbe, the maid of Rebbe, when she wanted to speak in a smart way in order to hint to the Talmudim either that they should stay or that they should leave she would say as follows that when the ladle hits the barrel then the eagle should fly to the nest basically saying that since the ladle is hitting the side of the barrel therefore there's no, no wine left and therefore you should go back home when she wanted them to stay further she would say to them a piece of her friend shall be removed from her means let's take out the stopper from another barrel and let the ladle float in the full barrel like a ship that goes in the sea. It was a way of telling them that there will be a new barrel of wine that will be open and everyone could stay. When he wanted to say something in a smart way, he would say as follows. Prepare for me an axe in a mishmat on a poor mountain. Like Rashi explains that tardin, which is beets, is the lashon of tar, is a shar, is an axe, and din is judgment. Chardel is har and dal, is the mountain of poor. And therefore, he's really saying, prepare for me beets with mustard. When he wanted to ask about an innkeeper and his wife, which is not proper to ask about someone's wife, he would say, is the man of his mouth 
alive, which means that just like a, a shpizon, it comes from ish pizeh, this man's mouth, mazutayva yesh, is there any good there? Meaning is, is the innkeep alive, and how is it going with him, how is his wife doing? Ravo, Ravo wanted to say something in a very smart way, he would be muramiz in this way, asrigu lepramim, make the coals like an asrig, meaning burn the coals to make them glow as an asrig, so we can warm ourselves by it, akir lezahavim, and spread out the golden ones, spread out the coals which gold glow like gold, and also prepare for me two roosters, which means that he said the words, make me two indicators in darkness, which basically are things that tell you when it gets light. And make with them the coals, two indicators in darkness, means roast the roosters on the coals. Another example, that shows where Ravo is, they didn't know where he was, and they asked him where he's hiding. He responded to them, that he went to be with a woman, a young girl, and she was from the family of Aaron Akain. She was a Kahanis, and she was the last one. She was a lively one, and she kept awake all night, and therefore now he's sleeping. Some say Isha, the Ravo, was actually telling them that Rabbi Loya actually got married the night before to a woman, and therefore he was with her the entire night. Some say it wasn't referring to a lady, it was referring to that he was learning a Masechta, and he was learning Gemara, and therefore he didn't sleep the entire night, and now he was tired and he was sleeping. And now we have a story the exact opposite. They asked Rabbi Tell us where Ravo is because we can't find him. Amalhani responded to say, He's actually not here because he got permission from the Nasi to go to the south to Mishbaishas. What does that mean? Rashi says, That since he went to the Nasi, who is the person who has Rishus, to make someone a Rebbe, and at that point and forward, he's considered someone that's crowned. That's why the Nasi was called a Machter, and therefore he took an Eitzah to go to the south. Rashi says, to go learn by the people in the Zakanim in the south. And since Mephibosheth was such a great person, therefore they called Zakanim as the term of Mephibosheth. He was a great debater and orator. He actually has very many Gemaras in Shas that talk about that fought against the Apikarsim. And he said, no one ever beat me by using the words except for this story with a woman. We'll see what those stories are in a moment. What's the story with the woman? One time I was a guest by a woman. She made me beans. The first day I ate them and it was very good. Therefore I didn't leave over anything. The second day also it was excellent. Therefore I didn't leave anything over. On the third day she wounded by putting in too much salt and it was like tasted burnt. Once I tasted, I right away withdrew from them and I didn't eat anything. She said to me, Rebbe, why aren't you eating anything? I said to her, I'm not hungry, I already ate something today. She said to me, therefore, if you were not hungry, why do you eat the bread? Because I ate the bread, I just didn't eat the beans. So she was wondering why I ate the bread. Rebbe, she said to me, Rebbe, maybe because yesterday you didn't leave over anything, and you were wrong for doing that the last two days because the Chacham 
say a Mashayim Peyo Be'ilfas, you now leave any drop in a pot, Al Mashayim Peyo Be'karad, that this Derech Oilam and the Derech Eretz is to leave over some beans in your plate. And Rashi says the Pshat is that when you have an Eved or someone that's your Mashayim through the Shamas, then they take out everything from the pot in order to put it in front of the guests as much as possible. But the guests have to realize that the Eved or the Shamas may have not eaten and therefore they leave over in their plate in order for Shamas to be able to eat afterwards. Tonight, Kismai, what's the story with the young girl? One time I was walking on the road and there was a path that going through a private field but I saw that it was already used and therefore I started walking through thinking that it was used by the Rabbim. This young girl told me, Rabbi, isn't this a Rishus Yochid? How can you walk here? Isn't this already trampled on and therefore I can walk here? She said, listen that the people that actually went and trampled on it are listening just like you. Just like they went improperly into Rishis Yochid, you're also improperly using Rishis Yochid. You have no right to be here. Tinak Mahi, what's the story with the young child? Again, he was walking on the road. And Rabbi Shu ben Hananiah saw a young child sitting by a fork in the road. But I said to him, I didn't know where, how to get to the city. And he said, What's the best way to go to the city? And he said to me, This path is very short, but it's long. And this one's long and it's short. And I decided to go on the short one that's long. But once I got to the city, even though I got there very quickly, it was a very short path, but there were ginas and orchards and gardens that there and I couldn't walk through. So I went backwards and I got back to the child again by the fork of the road. And I said to my child, didn't you say that this is a short one? He said, that's true. It was short. But didn't I also tell you it's also long because once you get there, you're not going to be able to go further. And therefore, of course, the other way, which was much longer, is still the shorter way. The Shakra Rosh, I kissed him on his head, and I said to him, Ashrechim Israel, how lucky you plow Israel. Shakulchem Chacham Gdelamatim, because you are all very wise. Migdalchem Vakatamchem, from your oldest to your very young. And we'll stop over here.